Section four of A Flurry in Diamonds by Amos Chiptree. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter six. Arrived upstairs, Mr. Sloan called Kate's attention to the fact that the only window which was open was the one that was supposed to be closed, and, in a quiet way, to the condition of all the rooms, which was just as they had been left by their occupants in the morning. Kate flushed a little at this latter allusion to the untidy appearance of things. "'I don't understand it at all,' she said. "'I never noticed anything about the rooms when I came up with Papa, in my excitement hastily looking over my bureaus, dressing-case, and closets to see if anything but the diamonds had been taken. And you discovered nothing missing. Everything in the way of jewelry, money, or valuables of any kind was in its usual place.' so with my dresses and everything else that i could think of it seemed strange because nothing was locked up and there were many things which could have been taken as easily as the diamonds my jewel case for instance in papa's room i found the same state of affairs excepting that he had disturbed things a little in his search for the missing jewels is it not a singular case mr sloan rather so i admit and fortunate for you that it is i take it responded sloane while mr lindley gave utterance for the first time to any opinion he may have formed by saying that it looked to him as if the theft had been committed by someone who knew of the diamonds being in the house and had gone no further than necessary to secure them only this view of the case had been mine for some time and i think also sloane's for although we had not been told that nothing but the diamonds was taken we must have inferred such to be the case from the fact that the loss of nothing else was mentioned and all investigation so far was on their account this window which is so difficult to open miss how do you manage in washing it oh jerry washes all the windows and he is strong and probably opens it without much difficulty is it often washed as often as necessary i think though not as frequently as those at the front of the house not being so much exposed to dust but really sir i don't wonder at your asking that question for I should judge on closer inspection that a little soap and water would improve it. And Kate laughed heartily over what she considered Mr. Sloane's joke at her expense, while he, poor fellow, never having intentionally perpetrated a joke in his life, apologized in a most bungling way, being taken completely off his guard by Kate. I didn't mean that, you know, Miss Lindley. I think the glass is remarkably clean and bright, at least compared with some that I have seen but i wanted to know whether it had lately been washed in order to fix another circumstance in my mind and sloane began to settle down to business again well really i can't say just when it was cleaned but certainly not within a week or two said kate that roof under the window has been recently painted i see mr lindley about how long since it was done said sloane about a month or so replied mr lindley you have a burglar alarm attached to this window i see yes sir and to all the lower openings of the house and to the stable is it in good working order yes sir i think it is not like most of them then mr lindley as far as my knowledge of them goes they frighten people oftener by false alarms than by truthful announcements of attempted robberies may i see the indicator attached to the alarm certainly sir you will find it in my dressing-room there after looking at the machine and its attachments sloane returned into the room saying that alarm has no connection with this case i notice that it has a clock attachment which automatically throws it out of use at six o'clock in the morning 
of course if the apparatus was in working order this morning it was disconnected several hours before this robbery occurred and consequently any tampering with the doors or windows while you were at breakfast would not be indicated upon it certainly not mr sloan after standing a few moments in thought sloan requested that the boy jerry be summoned mr lindley rang for him and he came in presently looking uneasily around the room and at its occupants mr lindley informed him that the gentleman indicating mr sloan wished to talk with him a little and jerry bowing politely first to his employer and then to sloan waited somewhat nervously for him to begin sloan who had carefully scanned the youth as soon as he entered now scarcely looking toward him and in a very reassuring way said jerry your mistress informs me that you generally wash the windows here now can you tell me when you last washed that one next to the bureau whether it was before or since the roof beneath it was painted i washed it week before last i think it was sir at any rate it was a week or more after the roof was painted because before i went out on it i tried the paint and it was dry and hard said jerry who was recovering himself under mr sloan's gentle manner then when you wash that window on the outside you stand upon the roof yes sir it's handier than sitting on the window sill like i have to with the rest of em i thought that was about it jerry that will do for the window i guess have you seen the coachman this morning yes sir he was in the kitchen a while ago nothing unusual about that i suppose oh no sir he often comes in there did he know anything of the diamonds being stolen before you told him of it for i suppose of course you did tell him yes sir i did after he told mother and me something kind of queer about miss winnie's brother ah indeed and sloan began to show more interest what was it so queer about him dan said he saw him come into the yard through the side gate this morning and go down into the basement in a little while he saw winnie almost pushing him down the back steps and he went out of the gate in a hurry and ran down the street like mad so then you thought he might have had something to do with the diamonds and told dan about them did he agree with you i don't know sir but i know he don't like that richard he told me to tell mr lindley what he saw well jerry you can go now said sloan hurriedly dismissing him as soon as he had passed the door sloan requested mr lindley to call the coachman at once i don't know that there's anything in it but if there is there is no time to waste in getting at it these latter remarks to me while mr lindley was hurrying after dan miss lindley will you oblige me by joining your seamstress winnie downstairs and keeping her with you until i may call her provided i wish to see her with pleasure sir though i have no fear that she will try to run away replied kate with some hauteur rising and preparing to leave possibly not miss said sloan politely but in such matters it is always best to go very cautiously unless she starts the subject herself i would advise that you do not discuss the robbery with her kate promising compliance withdrew just as her father entered the room ushering in dan i knew dan very well as i had for years and as intimated by mr lindley in his praises of him to the detective i liked him he was a cool-headed steady-going irishman somewhere of middle age with a frank open countenance ruddy complexion and a pair of twinkling gray eyes lighting up a face which when i first knew him was positively handsome and was yet far from ugly his hair which was clipped close to his head was sandy in color matching his long english chop whiskers rather under the medium in height and weight he was built like an athlete with good figure deep-chested and square-shouldered in his neat livery 
when seated upon the box with reins well in hand and whip at proper poise he was a model coachman in looks which his skill in horsemanship and graceful dexterity in driving in no wise belied we were all proud of dan and he was proud of his position and though given to sly humor at times was most respectful on all occasions as he entered the room and mr lindley motioning toward the officer explained the reason for his visit dan appeared just the least bit nervous but soon recovered himself jerry has told us said sloane that you saw some person enter the street gate this morning did you recognize that person beyond doubt sure sir i'd never mistake that loafer who was it dan who else sir but that fellow they call richard the brother of miss winnie the seamstress here in de hoose how do you come to know him know him isn't it meself as had to throw him out of the stable a half dozen times when he has come loafing around there what was his object in visiting the stable divil a bit do i know more nor yourself he pretended to be wanting to see his sister and would hang around smoking and spitting upon the floor once or twice he had some other loafer with him so as i was not starving for company and had an eye to keep all the whips and things for my own use and the good of the boss here i just made it my business to fire him out i was obliged to do this so often it got to be kind of tiresome like so one day i just hustled him out of it on the lash of a big carriage whip and divil a half of his ugly face have i seen till this morning when he come sneaking in at the gate and went down the kitchen steps what time was that dan well, i can't say exactly but not much off from nine o'clock i always get around to the house with the coupe at nine to take mr pierre downtown and i had the carriage ready to drive out and was shutting up the back door of the carriage house when i seen him as i told you what did you do nothing sir but just kape my eyes on the house here for a few minutes when all of a sudden the back door of the top of the stoop below was open and out he come again in a big hurry and his sister nearly pushing him down the steps out of the gate he went and down the street on a dead run as i could hear by the noise of his feet he looked like he was being chased by a ghost and be jabbers he traveled like he thought it was gaining on him did you mention this to young mr lindley when he came out yes sir what did he think of it he said he thought maybe the fellow had a quarrel with his sister and run away cause she threatened to call for help but perhaps i ought to mention it to his father here you see sir they all feel sorry for miss winnie on account of this fellow but don't like to mention him to her how do you suppose he got in at the gate it's more nor i know sir for it's always locked he must have had the key. where is the key of this gate kept oh, i don't know sir it's nothing to me for i never use it to mr lindley will you please find out where the key is kept and whether it can be found mr lindley went out at once and soon returned with the information that the key was in its usual place alongside the back basement door i think that this news was disappointing to sloane who i imagined had sent mr lindley for information with confidence that the key would not be found however he did not allow it to disconcert him in the least there is but one key to this gate i suppose sir yes replied mr lindley so far as i know the servants in going out always take it i suppose they are presumed to although of course they might possibly neglect to do so 
in which case they would have to ring the bell at the gate or at the front of the house to be admitted or begging your pardon sir interrupted dan come to the stable and have me let them through that way as miss winnie did last night ah said sloane quickly how was that i was sitting in the carriage house door smoking me pipe and enjoying the cool evening air before bedtime when along come miss winnie with her pleasant face and said she had no kite to the gate and as it was a little late she didn't like to ring so she thought she would go through the carriage house way i jumped up and opened the door mighty glad to do her a favor for she is a lady all over spite of that lazy spalpeen of a brother what time was that dan about ten o'clock sir for i was just after going to bed and that is my time every night when i am not out with the horses that will do dan for the present thank you sir i wish i could help you some way sir to catch the thief and i am sorry now that i did not do it this morning you did right in letting this richard go if he is the person you mean as the thief as if we want him we can easily get him well, i hope you may sir and you won't go astray neither said dan as he departed bowing to each of us it was now past one o'clock the investigation so far having taken nearly two hours after consulting his watch sloane turning to mr lindley said as it will be necessary to get to work in other directions if you will now let this winnie appear i will get through with her as soon as possible and get back to headquarters i will say just here that matters look quite encouraging for capturing both the diamonds and the thief and if this girl's testimony turns out as i anticipate we shall unravel the whole mystery before night of course both mr lindley and myself knew to whom sloane was pointing as the thief and as we had the same grounds as he upon which to base our suspicions we could not but agree with him in his conclusions though if we drew our inferences wholly from dan's story we must believe winnie to be in league with her brother for supposing him to have the diamonds with her knowledge why if she were innocent and honest should she help him to escape with them instead of try to detain him but for one fact we might have thought that she had discovered him prowling about the house while the family was at breakfast and watching him had seen him steal the diamonds when pouncing upon him she had forced him to give them up and before he recovered from his fright had got him out of the house as rapidly and quietly as possible the one fact which stood against winnie's loyalty and honesty as suggested by this view of the case was that the diamonds were missing winnie knew that we were aware of this and that with the assistance of an officer of the law we were investigating the manner of their disappearance still we had no aid from her towards dispelling the mystery which she could have cleared up at a word admitting that the girl might have a natural desire to shield from harm those who were near and dear to her for myself i must acknowledge that i could discover no reason for her to jeopardize her reputation by shielding this cowardly rascal brother though he was although not a word passed between us i am satisfied that these were about the thoughts of all three of us at the time sloane requested mr lindley to produce winnie and when she arrived as she did shortly the case against her looked bad enough End of section four.